Red Pill Retirement Podcast, where we give you the raw, unfiltered truth about retirement planning in the modern age. Pensions and 401ks are quickly becoming a thing of the past, so we're here to share resources and recommendations that will help you create the retirement lifestyle you've always dreamed of. If you're ready to take control of your financial future, we're here to help. Let's get started. I'm your host, Ryan Cowden, and this week we're joined by Ian Bond from redpillretirement.com. In this episode of the Red Pill Retirement Podcast, Ian and I discuss the debate between building or buying online websites. One of the early major decisions you will make in your foray into online web investment is whether you should purchase an already existing platform or build one yourself. This is an important decision that will affect your time, resources, and strategy as you build your online business. While this is a valid question, there is strong evidence to suggest that buying an established website is the more attractive option here. In this episode, Ian weighs the pros and cons and makes his case for why you should focus your activity on established online properties. In this episode, you'll hear Ian defend his conclusion that established websites are the more attractive investment, specific benefits that established websites offer, and lessons from Ian's first website purchase. If you're weighing the decision of what type of website to invest in, this episode is one you won't want to miss. There's a lot of actionable advice in this episode, so grab something to write with because you're going to want to take notes. As always, I'll be back on the other side to wrap up any loose ends. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Ian Bond. All right, Ian, welcome back to the show. How you doing, man? Ryan, never better. You know, uh, we've gotten through, you know, kind of the wild and crazy, you know, Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving shopping holidays. uh, And uh, we're coming into the home stretch to end up 2018. And so, you know, as I've said before, you know, I love finishing strong because that's how you start uh, strong for uh, the the, the next year. Okay, we call this the um, call this the, the ruling season. Really? Because how, yeah, because how we, how we finish is going to rule how we, how we are able to behave next year. So okay. you know, this, sets, this sets the rules. All right. 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 <laughs> That's great. Well, we're talking about yeah. something that I know you're passionate about today. Um, we're talking about how to build profitable websites. And we're kind of raising the question of, should you build that website or should you look to buy it from someone else. So and the answer is yes. Okay. So let, we can dive into that. And I have, as you know, a fairly, uh, uh, I have a fairly uh, strong view on this. Okay. Well, let's jump right in. So um, yeah. What is your recommendation between building or buying a website? Sure. Yeah. sure. So we wrote a blog piece back when we just, when we launched the site about um, lessons I've learned um, uh, in uh, website investing and why I feel that um, uh, investing in websites is the the, the, the most promising uh, asset class. Investment uh, websites are the most promising asset class that you can invest in, and 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 I do this with you know over three dozen years of experience in investing in all kinds of asset classes. So mm-hmm. so I would point anybody who wants kind of a you know an institutional uh, analytics to just take a look at that. Uh, drop me a line, and I'd be happy to defend that because I interview. Uh, asset managers on a daily basis in my day job. And so, you know, I have a very strong view on it. But the, the, 
reason I became compelled is that I saw this incredible opportunity uh, in this asset class. And, you know, I'm not a genius. I know that, uh, that you know, 90% of all small businesses fail in the first five years. And of the ones that survive, 90% of those fail in the next five years. And those are bricks and brick and mortar businesses, probably higher in website investing. So that's number one. Um, you know, uh, I didn't think I'd be the one to, uh, probably, you know, find one of the 10% that would five, uh, you know, create one of the ones that would, uh, uh, survive the first five years. I didn't think I'd be that lucky. And number two, I was already in my mid to late fifties and I don't have the time uh, or the inclination to do that. And so coupling that age factor with, the uh, statistics that so many fail such a huge percentage fail buy a profitable one cheap on the cheap and then operate it don't 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 spend the time the question ryan comes down to do you have more time or do you have more money Hmm. and when you have something as cheap uh to in the marketplace as websites uh it really tilts in favor of buying rather than creating or building Okay. Yeah. Because the point of all of this is to make money, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it's absolutely the case. Um, right. you know, making money is why we're here. Yeah. It seems like a lot of, a lot of online businesses start off, people try to start blogs or, or things like that. Um, is that a good class to invest in? Or It's horrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. So anybody listening to this, if you, someone is preaching to you to start a blog, to finance your retirement, immediately unsubscribe. That's the worst advice on the internet. You will, you will be eating cat food in your old age. You'll be a greeter at Sam's uh, or Walmart. Not that that's a horrible thing. That was something my dad always wanted him to do when he was oh, a really? like to talk but you, you i mean there are more blogs on earth than 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 we need and they're proliferating like you know you know every day it, it's it's a horrible um uh notion that you can start a blog and monetize it as your as your way to fund a, a retirement or to fund anything meaningful now it is not a horrible idea if you want to do this, uh, start a blog to enhance your professional career. It's not a horrible idea. It's something that you want to do because you're passionate about it and you really like it. You want to uh, contribute to a community of people or maybe develop a community of people. It's not uh, a bad idea if you want to do it as a, an accountability thread. Hold yourself accountable to some something. Uh, I'm. Uh, 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 I'm following a guy that I've known that's in the Philippines who's lost over half of his body weight. Um, hmm. I started following him because he uh, it's called 432 Fit, and it's the number 430 T O F I T. And his name is Bob Phillips, and he's lost over half of his body weight. I started following him because he uh, commented about um, life in uh, Davao City in the Philippines, and he had a health scare. Now, so he is doing he's taken 430 to fit and chronicled his, you know, his own journey to becoming fit after several health scares. It's Mm. marvelous reading. Is he going to make a fortune out of it? No, but, but he has a number of supporters helping him along the way. Mm -hmm. And he has a bunch of people that he's helping and he's getting a lot out of it. I think that's great. 
I think yeah. you're, enhancing your professional career is great. I think, you know, there's a number of good reasons, but it will not fund your retirement. So it's horrible advice to start a blog to fund your retirement. Okay. Uh, so, was that was that too mamby pamby? <laughs> oh no, that's good. That's good advice because it's. I feel like you're always looking at new blogs popping up and advice on. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, your blog, how to get followers yeah, and. Yeah, if you're gonna do this, please use our word, our our Bluehost uh, uh, right. affiliate link so that we can make millions of dollars off of people that are gonna do that. Please, and we right. have one. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Great. everybody does. So for people looking to jump into the into the website world, I feel like the, one of the first decisions you have to make is, are you going to design this website yourself or are you going to hire someone to, to build it for you yeah. or purchase one? What's your kind of recommendation on well, that? Oh, okay. Well, you know, so let's go down the, the, the path um, for a career professional or someone who's contemplating retirement. You know, um, again, it comes down to time or money. Um, most things you can, particularly in the website world, whether you're creating or whether you're just operating one, most things you can outsource relatively cheaply. Uh, we advocate uh, staying on all of the standard platforms. Um, you know, if you're going to be blogging because of the reasons I just suggested, or if you're going to do e-commerce, which is what we do, um, the standardized platforms, you can get tons of help. So you know, why would you spend time doing that when you can spend your time creating useful content that, you know, you have the years of experience to share with the world? Why would you go and learn how to upload products on Shopify or, or you know, do the latest, greatest thing on WordPress? I, I don't see any point in it, but yeah. there are some people, there's some people that geek out about that stuff. Not, you know, I don't. Okay. Um, so let's dig into some of the main reasons why, um, I just want to get more in depth on why existing websites are good for someone to buy. And one of the points that you raised yeah. in one of your articles was, um, established websites already have a built-in audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, more about that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, you know, you, uh, you know, if you are going to start a website, you're going to toil away and you know, look, there's lots of great advice out there that says, you know, on, you know, how to pick a niche and, you know, check out your competitors and, and, you know, emulate the good things and find your voice and take a contra controversial opinion in, you know, relative to the crowd that's out there, you're still going to have to figure out how to drive traffic to your site. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, whether that's e-commerce, you know, or whether that's a blog. And, right. and the reality is that if you have already been able to uh, find a site that has traffic coming to it uh, for whatever reason, either it's organic traffic, um, and we'll go through organic, tra the or organic traffic strategies and paid traffic strategies in a different, in a different, whole different uh, uh, episode. But if you're, okay. if, if you, uh, if you can, if you can capitalize on either organic or paid traffic, and there's a, a way to to um, uh, uh, you know to drive profitable traffic to to a website, your goal. Okay. Now, if you know you could spend years trying to develop that on your own, I don't advocate that. I advocate buying one where there somebody's already cracked that code. It's just that simple. It's you okay. know it's incredibly hard. It's a bottomless pit of money. 
Uh, using Google and Facebook can cost you a fortune. Just learning how to use Google and Facebook would, is painful. Outsourcing it is, is incredibly painful you know, and expensive. You know, for Lord's sake, you know, take the easier route. Find a website that, um, that, that, uh, that fits your criteria and capitalize on the fact that these things are cheap now and they won't stay this cheap. Because, you know, Ryan, as I pointed out in the article, a lot of websites yield 2% or to 3% per month of what you paid for them. So if you, yeah, so if you, you know, if you paid $25,000 for a website or $50,000, that means that on a monthly basis, you can see profits of $500 to $1,000 on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are cheap numbers, 2% per month. Mm -hmm. In an era where savings accounts are 2% per year is really, you know, worth your time to learn how to, to um, you know, kind of organize people that can work for you and, and you know, start your empire of buying websites, right. I think. Right. It's just one, one man's opinion. Okay? Yeah, sure. So on a practical level, once you buy that website, are you... Are you just kind of the owner and you're letting the people still run that website or are you becoming hands-on control guiding the website? Yeah, great, great question. I think it behooves you at the beginning to get in and um, break down the activity chain of things that uh, need to be done and figure out where you can add value. This is going to harken back to a comment I just made uh, that we probably shouldn't do this in this um, in, in this particular uh, episode. Okay. But, you know, let's just take e-commerce, for example. Okay. Um, I think that there are three principal activities in uh, e-commerce that you have to solve for. Number one, you have to have supplier relations. Okay. Number two, you have your website stuff that you've got to deal with. And number three, you've got your customer service piece. Okay. okay. And so now you have to figure out how you're going to do those things, mm-hmm. um, what you like to do versus what you don't like to do, what you're able to do. So we live nine time zones ahead of the East Coast of the United States, and we sleep while customers shop. So clearly, we outsource our customer service, and we have all kinds of, of uh, standard operating procedures and in place for our team. And we even have somebody checking our team so that when we wake up in the morning, we have a, a person who's a COO type that is checking to make sure that you know the orders that came in were entered correctly and sent to the suppliers correctly, that there was no slip between the lip and the cup there. So okay. you know, you, you know, there, there's all kinds of um, ways to break it down, or, or there's all different ways to to do it. You know, the beautiful thing, obviously. Uh, and we point this out in in the article that I mentioned, mm-hmm. is that this business can be done from anywhere, and we do, we have done it from anywhere. We've done it from mm-hmm. vacations. My wife has traveled on personal business, her family business. Her team has no idea, nor do our suppliers have any idea where we're at. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, on any given day, all you need is an internet connection and you know uh, your phone or your laptop. Uh, my wife right now is at my son's hockey practice hmm. working on working on the business because when she gets home, um, the United States will be opening for business and, hmm. um, you know, she wants to spend time with the family and hmm. she can monitor the early hours in the United States 
but she's working on stuff that you know that she has uh, you know kind of queued up to 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 do you know on her, or she's organized her work life around her real life. Okay, great. Makes sense. Made, yeah, yeah, it does. You made a comment uh, a couple minutes ago that. Um, that people should get in now while it's not super expensive and that it might yeah. be more expensive down the road. What did you mean by that? Well, you, you know, um, this is um, an emerging asset class. Okay. So, you know, I, my investing career goes back to 1980 and, you know, I can remember when over the counter stocks, which are now known as the NASDAQ stocks traded at ridiculously cheap prices um, and, and, and uh, huge spreads between the bid and the offer. And, you know, you know, small cap stocks were, you know, incredibly powerful uh, performers. They also had, you know, higher failure rates because they were smaller companies. They weren't the blue chips. And, you know, I've spent my whole career looking at kind of the next frontier in investing where there's a, you know, poorly organized information, where there's great fundamentals, where, you know, uh, a little bit of uh, homework on your own and you can, you know, make outsized returns. That's what this asset class represents in 2018, 2019 today. Um, that maybe you know the Nasdaq represented back in the 80s. Okay, so people, so I guess the the wider culture isn't yet fully aware of this opportunity. No, no, and it's yeah. it's because uh, uh, you know as I mentioned, uh, uh, this asset class has not yet um, really come of age. The information is poorly organized. It's incredibly frustrating to get a hold of good information. Yeah. Um, it's a nascent industry that's really blown up in the last decade. Okay, so okay. think of 2008, mm. you know, as being the beginning of, mm. you know, there's stuff before that for sure. And you'll hear old timers talk about how they made, you know, a million bucks back in the days of dial up before, you know, Y2K. But the reality is that this industry is kind of blown up. Since the financial crisis, yeah. uh, heck, most of the website brokers weren't around during you know the financial crisis. Um, the, the ones that that, that I talk about too, hmm. um, and uh, for sure, um, you know, below ten million dollars, you don't have any institutional money coming into the asset class. That, uh, that, that, that jacks up the prices, that raises the prices. And so you still have an opportunity to go in and buy things at you know, really cheap levels. Um, by the way, you know, brick and mortar small businesses trade really cheaply too. It's just that I don't have any interest in owning you know, you know, some kind of a franchise or something, some, something that's a, a brick and mortar business. Generally, I don't have an interest. Because, um, you know, I think so. I think the trend is to go to e-commerce in most, you know, most industries I look at, they're the bigger opportunities in e-commerce. And so, um, you know, I, I look at that as being just a better way to participate in, in, in you know, kind of uh, small business, to be honest with you. Okay. It seems like also the flip side of, of this being kind of an established industry for 10 years means it's probably easier for people to jump in. You know, there's, there's well, yeah, I think yeah. now it is for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I can just tell you over the, you know, I've been looking <clears throat> at, at the website business now, it is close to five years and yes. it's changed an enormous amount. Um, it's become much more professional. 
Hmm. Um, you know, you have seen valuations um, in, in, in different uh, classes of websites creep up a bit. You've seen, certainly you've seen the technology change dramatically. It's just easier to operate these things than it's ever been. And, you know, as I've told you before, you know, when I was, you know, first investing, going back, you know, when I was 58 years old already, my biggest fear was the tech fear. Could I actually do this? You know, I mean, I mean, or am I just going to lose all my money, you know, on day one, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so essentially, you know, in the article that, that, uh, that you referenced, you know, the five lessons we learned, uh, that I uh, learned uh, investing in websites, you know, I shamed myself into buying our first website because I had looked at, I had literally put down deposits on 53 websites. I was at the point where I knew that I wanted to invest and I knew what type of website I wanted to buy. And I had put deposits on 53 you know, uh, uh, things that fit the category, but I didn't pull a trigger on any. And finally mm -hmm. I said, found one for $17,000 and I put the money down. And then two weeks later I pulled the deposit back. And a few weeks later, I just said, you know what, if I don't do this, um, you know, uh, first of all, $17,000 was only a fraction of what I had allocated. I looked at it as a university education and, you know, kind of university of the internet and my tuition. And I was sure that on this website, which was an eight year old website, I wasn't going to lose all my money. And I, you know, my wife and I would figure it out. And, you know, lo and behold, um, I have incredibly fond memories of that, but I had to shame myself into doing it. I literally put money down on that one, took it back and then bought it okay. a month later. Yeah. If you could, Go back now and tell yourself yeah. right before you pulled the trigger a piece of advice. What would you tell yourself? Uh, I should have gotten uh, better advice from someone who would have instilled uh, more confidence in me and helped me, um, you know, kind of get to the point uh, where I felt comfortable. Uh, to be honest with you, I think the, the single biggest question that I get from people that that read the blog. Um, uh, is, you know, um, is, you know, how will I know, uh, when, when it, the, the time is right, how, how will I know when I'm ready, you know, and mm -hmm. the, the best answer, you know, whether that's taking swimming lessons or riding a bicycle or buying a website is get good, get help, get, you know, get competent help. And, you know, and for, you know, uh, anything out there, you have to find someone who you're like-minded with, who gets you mm -hmm. and is not going to push you to do something you don't feel comfortable doing, but will reason with you and will hold you accountable too. Right. So right. I had, you know, that's what I needed. And, you know, I kind of solved for it in my own head and in my bedroom, which we're recording from right now. And, and my wife and family were not here yet. And, 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 um, you know, it, yeah. you know, all, all I did was talk to myself all day, every day about it. It mm. was horrible. It was a horrible conversation I had. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like it was a scary experience to take that first, that first. Oh step, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. I was talking to these website brokers and it was like the, uh, it was like the panel van rolling up to the elementary school, right. Mm -hmm. And the door opens and they're trying to sell you something that you shouldn't be buying. Right. Yeah. And you just are, feel like, oh my, you know, it's the old uh, adage that, you know, if you're at a poker table and you don't know who the sucker is, well, you know, clearly 
I didn't know who the sucker was. <laughs> okay, you know, I mean, at least I felt like it. I felt yeah. like it. But the reality is that after putting deposits down on 53 websites, I knew as much as I was ever going to know, except for really, you know, um, diving in and doing it. Yeah. So you kind of got to that point where you realized there's nothing more I can learn without doing it. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the realization and you have to push yourself and, and do it. And that's a hundred percent the case. Yeah. Okay. And it was a positive experience. You stuck with it and. Well, you know, positive, you know, a month later we bought website number two. So it was so good. It was so, it was so good that, you know, we bought website number two and then we managed these two animals and I started fooling around buying some smaller ones, uh, you know, on one of the exchanges. And even those would have been, if I had focused my time better, uh, could have paid off well. But, you know, as we've chronicled before, uh, website number two did really, really well and mm -hmm. was in a much bigger niche. And so it had great opportunities. So we spent more time. Mm. Um, website number one was a purchase that was designed to minimize risk and, and, and be a proof of concept. Website number two, I said to myself, hey, I wanna be able to kind of, um, let's, you know, for lack of a better phrase, roll the dice and attack a bigger niche where if I get it right, I can make a lot more money. So I targeted a bigger niche. Website number one served its purpose wonderfully well. It was my tuition for the University of the Internet. It continues to produce to this day. It just pales in comparison to what number two has been able to scale to because we got quite lucky, which I've written about also. And, and so, you know, Number one, you know, allowed us to have the confidence to do number two. So, okay. you know, after 53 <laughs> deposits, we, we finally got there, you know. Okay. Great. Well, I think, Ian, I think you made your case. Um, I think you gave us a lot of good advice to, to get started. So, thanks. Well, you know, I, I, I hope, uh, I hope uh, I've disabused at least one person of thinking that they can start a blog to fund their retirement, okay? Right. Yeah. And, and, I would and I would certainly hope that people would take the, you know, kind of the, look, if you walk away from this with one thing, I look at, at investing from a, uh, an institutional perspective in my day job. Mm. I can tell you that investing in websites, websites are an incredibly cheap asset class. Yes, you have to work on a website, um, which is, to me, it's a great opportunity if you bring, you know, the skills of anybody that's, you know, uh, been any, you know, had, you know, any kind of professional skills, even, you know, any life skills, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then you, you bring that to it. And then you've got this enormous, enormous pool of outsourced workers that we all access on a daily basis. And, and, you know, learning how to utilize that to your advantage makes it a, it makes it just the opportunity of what I call the opportunity of a lifetime. I've written about that too. So I think it's yeah. the opportunity of a lifetime, write that down. And, and, um, you know, if anyone should, uh, you know, uh, have a question, please leave a comment, uh, email me. Um, would love to, uh, you know, would love to help someone. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ian. We'll catch you next time. Okay, Ryan. Great right, talking thanks. to you. Thanks. All right, folks, there you have it. 
that wraps up my conversation with Ian Bond of the Red Pill Retirement Podcast. He shared a ton of valuable insights and advice today on the debate over buying and building online websites. As always, we'll link up any tools or resources we discussed in the show notes at redpillretirement.com. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and consider subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving us a review in your favorite podcast directory. Until next time, best of luck in all that you do, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Red Pill Retirement Podcast. Thank you.